Welcome to the weekly podcast from Calvary Bible Church, where we seek to connect the events of the weekend with our lives lived Monday through Friday. My name is Zach Thompson, and I am here with Pastor Jay Ewing. Jay, how are you doing? Hey, Zach. It's a good Tuesday, my friend. It's it a good Tuesday. Is indeed. What are you drinking over there? Oh yeah, my ice, my ice americano. I just was saying it's a good day because I have an americano in the afternoon. Nice. I'm looking around. Where, where'd you put mine at? Well, you know what? Sometimes Calvary staff is hit and miss with iced coffee or mm. even coffee in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can't drink it anymore past like noon or they can't sleep. Yeah. That yeah. is not my case. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, that is not my case as well. But I expected since I'm at I'm uh, at this campus, that's that's not yeah. my not my usual campus that I'm yeah. at here in Erie with you. So I expected that I might be a little bit short-staffed on <laughs> coffee. So I pounded a, uh, don't judge me. No. I pounded a cake up before coming over that's here. That's a miserable afternoon cup of coffee. Here's here's the thing. And, <laughs> and this is important. So coffee has a couple tiers for me. I will always choose, if given the option, like the in-house roasted. Right. Uh, and uh, I want the bold flavor, so I'll go dark roast. I know it's right. less caffeine. I know it's not the purest one that you're <laughs> supposed to go with, but I want the boldness of the flavor. I will always choose that. But there is one tier that is before that, and that is coffee of necessity. Oh, uh, yeah. If I don't have coffee, things are worse than if I would hold out for the better cup, cup of coffee. coffee. So I got my, my Ozo like in like the yeah, totally. vacuum-sealed container that I make the French press with every morning. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, if the K-cup is there, <laughs> oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I, I agree with you, but... Let's just schedule our day around great coffee. Mm. That's that's the issue, I think. More of a priority of where coffee lands in the day. Gotcha. K cup. Gotcha. I just schedule my my <laughs> day with spiritual things yeah, mostly, totally. but that's good that you got coffee as as your. Uh, it's a priority uh, okay. in my life. Gotcha. That's it's a good. very big priority. In fact, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're on the podcast. You know, one of my favorite Starbucks in all the world resides in your hometown. Where's my hometown? Irvine, California. So that's where I lived, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll say Irvine's my hometown. So your favorite one is there. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful Starbucks. Mm. And it's like one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm glad, but. It might be my first stop after John Wayne Airport. Mm. Gotcha. I stop at that Starbucks. Yeah. I just like it. I don't know why. Yeah. Just love it. That, that's good. I've been to most of the Starbucks in Irvine. There's quite a few, as yeah. I'm sure you would imagine. Uh, the best one in that region is a Starbucks in San Juan Capistrano, uh, which right you can see the mission right yeah. outside of it. It's uh, the architecture is fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's really cool. One. Yeah, yeah. California has some beautiful days, doesn't it? Uh, it's it's all right. Yeah. yeah. If you if you like sameness, I, <laughs> I I am a huge fan of this this contrast of weather that everyone's oh, complaining yeah. about. It is wonderful to me. Oh no, this this weather's perfect for me. Mm. Yeah. It rains one day, it's hot the next, yeah. it might snow still. Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. so much better than 98 degree Christmas <laughs> eves, and that is not a hypothetical. Oh, man, that's miserable. Hey, so if you don't know, Thomas is out on sabbatical. He stepped into that season just this week, and Zach is the new co-host with me on the weekly for the summer. I'm excited for that. 
Zach, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, so am I. I hope people didn't just all shut off the podcast. <laughs> like, he's not here? He's oh, like, no. The whole no, summer? summer, summer. Yeah. Yeah. Zach? Ugh. Come on. No, actually, uh, we had a really good time with you. My wife, Kristen, and your wife, Emily, and us got to hang out over dinner just a few weekends ago, mm-hmm. and that was really fun to get to know both of you. Yeah. Yeah, I got really to hear fun. some some good stories about you guys, which yeah. was great. Uh, yeah. Some uh, weirdest jobs that were in there, and totally. it, was, it was good. Hey, so if you don't know, if you haven't listened to Weekly yet, we, we have found out that Zach is a hockey fan. So my mm. first question to you is, where is your playoff beard? Uh, my playoff beard is stuck back in puberty. Uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, as much as it's been uh, a hope of mine to to someday have an epic beard, yeah, my my face decided to, to rebel. <laughs> hey, the only reason I grow beard is because I can't grow it on top anymore. Mm. It stopped up there, so it moved south for the winter. That's fair, and it stayed. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's good. But you're a big hockey fan. Yes, the Avs are number one. Right? Yes. Seeds? It's scary. It's that scary. is scary. Yeah. That's was, really funny that a Californian loves the Av so much. It was uh, the first little bit of rebellion that I had. My, oh, my yeah. My dad was a big Kings fan, and uh, I was like, oh, I can't like the same team as my dad. So I was. That's when Wayne Gretzky was there, though. I know. Man. I grew up with a, with a with a picture of Wayne Gretzky and uh, Kelly Rudy, who is less known, uh, on my wall, uh, which was great, but I was rebelling and I shopped around teams. Gretzky had moved to the Rangers. So I was like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll like them. Uh, and it didn't stick, but I like this guy named Joe Sackick. That's and cool. The team came over in 1995. And, and so I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll like them. Then they won the Stanley cup in 1996. And I jumped on that bandwagon and I just haven't found a way off. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So this is hockey season still mm-hmm. for those who have no clue about hockey. Yep. It just started. Uh, playoffs right. just did, which, yeah. which in the people's defense, it's not normally when playoffs start. So it's one of the, one of the COVID casualties where we should be wrapping up on playoffs pretty soon, but okay. instead we're one game in as wow. of time of recording. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, if you don't know Zach yet, I'm looking forward to this summer. You getting to know him, the conversations we have every week on the weekly before we jump any further, of course, we have to talk about what's happening at Calvary. So if you don't know what's happening at Calvary, go to calvarybible.com slash events. Or if you're in person in service at all three campuses, jump on the mobile bulletin to find out specifically what is happening at your campus. But large view of what's happening at Calvary. We got kids week coming up, middle school camp, high school summer trips. We have Calvary wilderness, which is a really unique thing to uh, taking backpacking trips for adults, men, women, also, a really unique trip that uh, middle school students get to take their parents into the backcountry for a few days. Hmm. So go to calvarybible.com slash events. Also, there's many other things happening on the Thornton, Boulder, Erie campus, and that's just a great landing page for you to figure out what is going on. That's all my announcements I have, Zach. That's fantastic. Okay. So we're going through a series, right? Yeah, we're in First Thessalonians. Fantastic. Try so to spell we- that a million times. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are. We're coming to the end. We get. We got the word finally in this passage. Well, as we all know from the online and all campuses, when Paul says finally, he pulls the pastor card of not really landing the plane mm. and giving another sermonette, even though you're probably hungry and your belly's ready for lunch on Sunday. 
he goes into further detail what he wants to accomplish. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is just making about two points in this. Uh, he happens That's to it? spread those out over like two chapters. Uh, okay. So two points with like nuance and, yeah. and details, but it's pretty much just two points. So, you know, finally works. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what's great is he gives us those two points in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 at the very end, verses 11 and 13. He says, Now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you with this desire to see them. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, which is great, yeah. uh, as we do for you, so that, why are we growing in love? So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. There's one idea mm. before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. There's a second idea. Yeah, that's a really, really amazing passage. So what what is Paul trying to accomplish now as he puts this word finally into this letter? Yeah, so we get to one specific detail, and we recognize that families are listening to this in different environments. Maybe you were hearing this out of car speakers with uh, smaller ears in the back seats. Uh, maybe you have some people around you. So we are not going to go into too many details of right. this passage just uh, to try to keep this family friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will just broadly speak about it, then we'll, we'll grab some details that we think are applicable to, to all people following Jesus. But uh, he's showing us one of those examples. So uh, this growing in love, which leads to being blameless in holiness. So we, we see this idea elsewhere in the Bible that love uh, love uh, covers a multitude of sins is, is one of such examples. So when we love another person, it makes sin against them so difficult to do. Uh, think about those that we love. Like We don't want to hurt them. Yes, our natures are still sinful, and, and uh, sin can still come out of that. But when we love someone, we want nothing but good for them. And so this this just makes sin so outside of our minds to do for them. So one example of how we love others is so that we grow in holiness, that this love that covers a multitude of sins. One example of that is in this passage with uh, this certain ethic that God gives from God's character showing us how to follow it. Seems to be addressing a situation in the culture at the time, addressing a situation in our time as well, right. showing us that this love for our brothers, and, and that pops up in the passage as well, this love for our brothers and sisters avoids this life that hurts them, that hurts ourself, and primarily hurts God. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I was thinking about when I was listening to this message this weekend is that um, God always wants the best out of those he loves. And it's amazing if you want to read something that's just, you know, life shattering, you, you don't think about Leviticus as one of those books of the Bible that just brings so much life, but it's about mm-hmm. God's holiness, but it's also about how to live the best life possible. And God defines that for human beings. And he's defined that from Genesis 1, 2, and 3 throughout the scriptures of best life possible. And Paul, Mm -hmm. once again, points out an ethic that we need to pay attention to because it produces a great life if you abstain from certain things. Yeah, and I think that we haven't always done the best at explaining that. Like we get to these commands of scripture and the question is, why should I do this? Yeah. Uh, and it's because God said so, which is exactly the right answer. Right. But if we divorce it from the context that it's given to us in, which is the story of who God is and what he's done for us, if we divorce these commands from that, then we miss out the, 
the the entire reason behind it. And so much of what is commanded in Scripture is coming out of God's holiness of wanting the best for us, but it's also seeing that the life that he calls us to really is the best for us, not yeah. just because it aligns with his will, which is true, and it is a reason why it's good, but because of the uh, the ramifications of living in a different way leads to more hurt, leads to more isolation, leads to uh, us w- trying to decide things, uh, f- uh, whether they are good or not on our own, being our right. own ruler and judge of all things. And that's that's not the life that we're called to. We're given independent minds to to think and, and do and, and be unique creatures. But inside of that, we are given a blueprint of, of what is the best life that God has called us to, and it's following his commands. Yeah, and it's the aim of pleasing him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. out of the That's aim right. of pleasing God, if we walk in that way, like Paul says here, um, the best life possible happens. Yeah. The most the most uh, joyous, not, not the, sometimes it's the hardest, sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's mm-hmm. lonely, but, in the end, it's the best life possible that we can live as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a life. Uh, it sounds so counterintuitive. Following the commands of Scripture leads to joy. Uh, yeah. Which... There, there's part of us. Uh, there's part of us that hears that, and it just no. These guys are just just talking like that. That can't be right. But really, it's uh, without having these commands, uh, with us trying to uh, just like figure out all of the diversity and uh, intricacy of life on our own is is overwhelming. Right. And so it is freedom to follow after the good way set for us, and that is a life of joy, being united, being justified uh, uh, with our God. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Okay, so you just mentioned a big word there. The, the, in the text, there's the word sanctification. Mm. And I'm curious, Zach, how you view some of these big words of justification, sanctification, glorification. Those are big three words, but they really have a lot of impact of who we are in Christ, our identity, and sort of where we're heading in Christ in our own stories so let's talk about maybe these three words of justification. You know, one of the simple definitions that we have around here is just as if I had not sinned is mm-hmm. one of the ways in which you can think about it. It's that's okay definition. It more it has a legal term to it more than just that. So it's a legal definition of your right with God, right standing. Um and so when we talk about justification, it's the reality that Christ has done the work to put us in front of God in the legal sense of being able to be there. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to get there. Let me just take one small okay, step great. backwards. So we, uh, in churches, there are some language that we use that we don't often use too too regularly outside of church church uh, culture. And it's not some secret language that you need right. to have in order to be a really good Christian. Oh, what's this? What's these these phrases that I'm hearing? It, it, that's that's okay. You don't you need to know Jesus. You don't need to know uh, these specific words. Uh, and there's always someone who knows bigger and stranger words than you do. Yes, yeah, don't. Uh, yeah. Super counterfragilistic expialidocious. Yeah, I mean yeah. there's there's that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what's what 
we want to camp out on these ones. There are verses or there are phrases that we use in Christianity that that we don't specifically find in the Bible, okay. uh, but help us to understand the Bible better. However, justification, sanctification, and glorification are found in the Bible. Uh, so we're talking justification right now. I love your your uh, example right there. I uh, go to Romans 5, uh, 18. Uh, don't have time to go too much in context, but just to point out that the word justification shows up here. Therefore, as one trans, uh, trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So we want to focus on these words in particular because they're important. They help us understand uh, what uh, what God has called us to, but also because as we're reading the Bible on our own, we might come across these words and, and wonder what they might be. And again, if, if you forget a year from now, an hour from now, what these words mean, that is totally okay. The, the point of the text is to show us clearly who Jesus is. And, and we gather around people in community. We are given resources to investigate these things. It's not, it's not a test of who knows the best words, but we, we do want to spend time on these words because they're in the text. Um, so yeah, you, you talked about it, right? It's this, uh, made, uh, just as if I haven't sinned. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, it's this right standing that we have. And this is a word, uh, maybe the other ones are a little bit more different, but this is a word that we uh, do use. We do use justified. Uh, sometimes not always like in the most spiritual of ways. Like right. if if Emily and I are in an argument and I have like some, uh, like she says I'm wrong, but I grab some detail that proves that I was right. Oh, I feel so justified right. in that. And that's, that's not what's going on here, but we get to see some of that idea behind it. I am made right. Like it is, uh, I am shown to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, and where we see this word for uh, the Christian is we are all sinners before God. And, and we read that in Romans uh, 5, uh, 18, uh, we trespass. And so we have condemnation, but through Jesus, we are able to be justified. It is not this condemnation. It is not sin and trespass, but instead it is being made right before God. It is put on right standing uh, uh, before God. It, think about it as well as this. Uh, it keeps saying made right before God. Uh, we are told what it is that makes us right before God, and that is following the commandments. Jesus does a fantastic job summarizing these in Matthew 22. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your uh, uh, soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So to be made right before God, all you have to do is follow two commandments. That's all you have to do. And, and that's easy, right? We could do two things. No, okay. not at all. Gotcha. Not at all. And so to be justified, uh, we would need to perfectly love God with our entire being and perfectly love others as we love ourselves. And we all are unable to do that. So the only way that we can be justified, the only way that we can be made right is because Jesus, through one, uh, uh, one person, uh, going back to... Uh, Romans 5, through one uh, act of righteousness, Jesus coming, living the perfect life, following those two commandments perfectly, and offering his holiness to us, that and that alone justifies us. Totally. That's a really great definition. And so what does justification do? So we hear this, and this is a big you know, term, and we've defined it, and 
the Bible defines it. And, but like, what does this really mean for like the individual who's listening today that what, what does that give us in our identity? Maybe it's the question I'm asking. Yeah. So we, we were kind of joking a little bit about uh, the greatest command. That is if we were trying to seek justification on our own. If we were uh, trying to be like me in that hypothetical uh, example with Emily <laughs> of the argument, if we were trying to find our own sources of justification, it, it needs to be perfect obedience yeah. to those things. God is a holy God. God uh, has every right to call us to follow these commands as we talked about, but also right. God has the best way for us to live. And so for us to live in that life, we need to be in right standing with him, which is perfect obedience. And that is impossible for us. No one can fully live these things. And that could be something, uh, this helps us in a couple ways. It it removes from us the temptation of thinking that we can do this on our own, uh, which some of us fall into. and, And this is a corrective of that, that Jesus and Jesus alone is our source of justification. Jesus and Jesus alone was perfectly obedient in all these things. And he gives us that as our source of justification. But for others of us, this is helpful when, we mess up when we don't follow those things and wonder like, did this ruin everything? Like it does, is God going to punish me now because of this? Does God look less, uh, look down on me more because of this? When, when no, the, the justification event has already happened with Jesus on the cross. Unless if we are time traveling, uh, we cannot undo that event. And even then God would, would still make that event right. The source of justification has already been accomplished. And so our, our identity, our right standing before God is impacted by nothing else other than Jesus' death and resurrection. That's amazing. Praise be to God. Amazing what he has done on our behalf. So the word in the text here in First Thessalonians 4 is sanctification. Mm. Now, how would you define sanctification? What are some helpful ways to define it? Yeah, uh, again, just quickly, I think there's some uh, synonyms or, or some other words that we use in Christianity for sanctification. They don't always work as, as one-for-one uh, swaps between these words, but uh, when we here with Christians and people talk about sanctification, they could also be talking about spiritual formation or just growth or even the Christian life. What is the Christian life? The Christian life is almost defined by sanctification. It is the process of, uh, you shared me uh, with me what you heard it was called, uh, of becoming what you have already become. So in the act of justification, the unwavering uh, truth of who we are, of this right standing that we have uh, by God, we aren't there yet, as we talked about. So the, the, the goodness of this comes from we can't mess it up. But there is still that fact that we are messing up. We aren't perfectly obedient. So what does the Christian life look like? Well, it's living into this right standing. That is not being changed, but it's where, I I mean, let me try to, this may fall flat. And so you're going to need to rescue this. Okay. I might. Uh, So uh, we were talking about hockey earlier. So uh, let's say that this president's winning team, the Colorado avalanche needs to bring in a 30 something out of shape player on the, their team. Yeah. And so in this off season, they're like, this is the guy who's going to make it all, all happen. And so they signed me this off season at the moment they signed me. I'm a member of the Colorado avalanche, right? I haven't played a game. 
I haven't been to a practice or anything like that, but I'm still a member of the Colorado Avalanche, right? If they sign me. But so what I'm trying to get to in this is in justification, we are made right with God in the same way that in signing, I'm a member of the Colorado Avalanche. What sanctification is, it's the practices, it's the, it's the work, it's the learning, it's the watching tape, it's all of that to actually get to the point of playing in a game where I have that sweater on, where I'm looking around at the, the fans of Ball Arena, and I, I get to be on the ice with the Colorado Avalanche. You can say, like, oh, that's the moment that you're really on the Colorado Avalanche. But no, it was back when I signed with the team. Like, right. I am a part of this team. Does that work at all, or does yeah, that fall? No, that's okay. great. And I would just say that when you think about sanctification, you think, oh man, that has to be on me. Mm. You know, and Paul says this in our one of our favorite chapters of Philippians 2. He says, work out your salvation with fear and tremble. Mm. But he then he goes to say, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So sanctification is about God doing the heavy lifting of making you become who become already the person that he wants you to be down the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the encouragement here is uh, just as we said, justification is unchanging. It is because of the completed work of Jesus. Uh, Sanctification is, has its highs and lows. Uh, there is not a steady trajectory in this. Yeah, like totally. we, we have good days of following after Jesus, and we have days where it's like, I haven't done this since I was uh, 10 years ago. Uh, right. Yeah, so it's been so long since I was acting out of my sinfulness in this way. And, and that, to an extent, is is okay. That's the, that's the Christian life. That is sanctification. That's Christian growth, where it's this, uh, on a chart, it's this, Peaks and valleys constantly, but we're looking at the overall trend, which is Christward, which is uh, growth, which is following after him more and more. And that's the phrasing of this passage. Uh, you, you read throughout this section of First Thessalonians in chapter 4, we see more and more is the phrasing that Paul is right. using. We see the word grow uh, happening because that is what we're called to do. We're not called to have it perfectly figured out. We're not called to... Each day, uh, we are 3% better than the last day. It is an overall life of living after Jesus, of growth, of becoming more and more like him. Yeah, so the community life pastor in the room is going to say, this actually really works well in community. Sanctification Mm -hmm. is really done well in community. So if you're in community, um, if you're not in community, you need to get in community. But if you're in community, you need to be known so that sanctification, God can use fellow brothers, sisters, fellow travelers along the journey to help encourage you to take the right steps next in obeying, living out, following Jesus. Uh, that's just a little caveat of sanctification for me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have those two. We have justification, we have sanctification, and we have this word glorification. And what I picture usually, just to be honest, is me up in the clouds somewhere with a white robe strumming a harp I never learned how to play with a halo. That's not glorification when the Bible uses it, right? Uh, no, that sounds more like a spa weekend. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you're thinking of that. Uh, but but again, uh, we're, we're finding these these words in the text. So we saw yeah. Romans 5 for, for justification. We, in this passage here, it says sanctification. Uh, all throughout, we see uh, this this idea of being with him in glory. Uh, 1 John 
3.2, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. This, this is connected to what he talks about elsewhere. Uh, John 17.22, the glory that you've given to me, I have given to them. So it's being united with uh, Jesus uh, in his glory. This is our final state, the finished work of what's being done. To go to my silly illustration, so signed with the team worked uh, throughout practice to get to the point. It's finally getting to that place where I'm living the reality that I have already been placed in. So I have been justified in Christ. There is no shaking that. My life is lived in constant pursuit of living after Jesus because of what he's done for me. And glorification is that final state. I am no more justified at that moment than I was in the beginning, but I'm more fully living into that uh, that life that has already been given to me in the completed work of Christ. Yeah. And that's a very important part to make. That is God's work in us mm-hmm. in all three steps. It's yep. not man-made. It's not human-made. Yep. It's not tamed by effort. It's what God has done on our behalf. And in glorification, I would add that when we arrive at that moment, I hope sooner rather than later, hmm. later but when we arrive at that moment, Christ fully puts together what he wanted to do all along yeah. in Jay. You know what I mean? Like it's not a change of personality. It's not a change of uh, those essential items that Christ has always wanted to accomplish in my life, but it's the completion put right back straight path, straightening of broken bones, bad relationships, bad choices, um, into the completed work of Jesus that's fully human, fully alive in God. Yeah. Yeah. It's holding, it's holding that balance as oh, we, we've been talking throughout about, uh, there are lives lived. So naturally we're going to focus on how does it impact our lives live, but it is God working throughout this. Even, even in that illustration of, uh, uh, this, this ethereal plane that we might right. be at, like there's, there's a little bit of, uh, almost, selfishness to it like oh this is this is all for me all for me what is the glory of the glorification it is it is being in god's presence it is solely god's glory that's a great point joy for us is being united with jesus fully uh being fully with god uh getting to we are called sons and daughters adopted into his family. It's actually getting to to fully be in that family that it comes from glorification. There are so many benefits for us inside of that, and it's fantastic as you're talking about, but the greatest part of that glory is that it's God's. Yeah, totally. And Revelation 21, 23 says, And the city had no need of a sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and it lamps is the lamp is the lamb. And that's just where that glorification finally is completed, that we are put right not only in ourselves but with God, and God gets all the glory in the end. It becomes the central piece of human existence. Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. That'll encourage you. If you're you're discouraged today, you just got to know that God is working in you. Mm -hmm. God is making all things new, all things right, putting you in place. And just receive that. Seek it out. Seek out what he's trying to do in your life, but also receive that his work is in you. Yeah, that's good. Okay, let's let's get out of here. It's 31 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
It went past today. I know, it? I know. Yeah. Hey, it's so good to be in the booth with you today. Yeah, likewise. Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful you listened in, tuned in. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com if you have questions. We had three really key definitions that we talked about. So if you're confused, write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. If not, we love you. We're praying for you. We're so thankful for you. Hey, and Zach, guess what we get to do next? What's that? The midweek update. Yeah. You get to see our faces again. Well, they didn't see our faces Well, they get to hear our voice Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You corrected me. <laughs> you sanctified me <laughs> oh, in good. my statement. Good. Good. See you, Calvary.